What's going on, people? Welcome back to another episode of The Build-Up. We are happy to be back for another week, uh, another week of discussion. As always, a lot to talk about at Manchester United. Uh, we won an FA Cup game by the skin of our teeth by a late Casemiro header. We have the Derby on the weekend and a lot of stuff in between. Um, as always, I'm joined by the usual usual suspects, Hassan and Shez. What's going on, people? How's it going, and we are joined by a special guest making his debut on the pod, uh, a very valued member of Stratford Trends, Abu. What's up, bro? Yo, what's up, people? Big man. Big man. <laughs> big, big debut. Big debut. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I guess we can just get straight into straight into the game. Um, it's, you know, these days watching Manchester United almost – is like a clocking into like a nine to five. It's so it's almost feels like a chore um, these days to watch. But we had a lot of changes to the lineup. Amrabat came in at left back. Bruno and Varane, which seemed like doubts, um, were able to make the team. Ten Hag said that Bruno battled through a serious injury, whatever that means to to stay in the team. Um, Rashford through the middle, and then Anthony came back on the right wing um, with Garnacho on the left. Um, I guess go to Hassan first your thoughts on I guess the initial lineup when that first came out and I guess the game as a whole yeah I thought the lineup was interesting uh Manu, of course rested again I thought mm. I thought he would play another one but yeah Tenag wants to rest but isn't that Garnacho's 20 something start 23rd I think yeah yeah it's, crazy it's, crazy it's, you could tell as well in his play he was sort of rushing yeah. he wasn't composed <laughs> I thought we were better, especially the first sort of 30 minutes. We looked we looked quite good going forward. They play when when this team's under sort of pressure and they play the next game. You can see they play quicker. But of course they didn't last long and does that is that because of you know what people say about our training methods too intense? I, I'm not sure. Well with these injuries that keep cropping up, it does seem like the most likely scenario that we do overtrain our players. But yeah, I thought Dallow was good. I thought I thought we were we were better, but we still I think there's not much you can do when you don't really have top quality players in defence. If you want to hold a line, you need two physical, aggressive centre backs, especially with Ten Hag's play. If your midfield is gonna push up forward, you need two aggressors to cover the lines. So yeah, I thought the forwards they weren't, they weren't really that good. They had an off day, but yeah, go to Shez. Yeah, um, I didn't catch, well, I didn't really catch the game, but um, I managed to catch some, some highlights and stuff like that. Um, I'm just happy that we're free, man. Real talk. I think it's just one of those ones where I looked at the lineup before the game and I see obviously no Manu. Um, Ahmad not getting a start again, which is just crazy. I don't, don't know what he has to do to get a start. So uh, Anthony coming in instead of. Um, in for him at right wing instead. Rashford grave our ship up front. Um Ganacho starting again. It's uh yeah, and Bruno playing again as well. I thought Bruno might have been might have at least been rested for this game, but nah Tenard's just playing him again, which we've seen him do. So um yeah, it was uh at least we got we we just got through it, you know, without having any injuries or well, hopefully as we know right now, you know, 
maybe later this week we might find out Bruno Fernandes injured for the rest of the season or something like that. Like at this rate, I wouldn't be surprised, man. But um, but yeah, no, I'm just I'm just happy that we're through, man. It's it's important that we we just got over the line and now we've got Liverpool in the next round. So yeah, it's, it's gonna be a big one. Um, yeah, with the injuries especially that we have playing, you know, Lindelof. We we had to start Lindelof playing Amrabat left back. Um, I think really we cut we like it's, it is the best we could do is just getting over the line. Really, like can't really expect us to be playing you know top quality football when you've got players like Anthony in the front line um, and Rashford playing up front. So yeah, I think um, I'm just happy that we got we just got through, man. Yeah, what about you, Abba? Um, my thoughts on that this game was a perfect example of what's gone wrong and right with this season in terms of Shaw's injury prone Malasia God knows why he's out no one really knows we sold Alvaro Fernandez. Mm. we got rid of Reguilón in January and that's forced us to play our the number six in which we signed in the summer to play as a left back and it just shows the the planning at this club and the fact that Bruno like Ten Hag is stressed that he's playing through a serious injury, playing through through a serious in, injury. Then why are you playing him in a cup game? Like we're that. chasing Champions League, but you're playing him in a cup game. Or we got City next, putting him at risk to be out for the rest of the season potentially. If you're saying it's that serious, or it could be mind games, he's playing with the media. And we have Anthony starting. God knows why. Ahmad's getting that with Zaha treatment just on the bench for no reason <laughs> just like what, what does he have to do to start and he comes off the bench in the last like 20 minutes hardly gets a touch of the ball yeah and uh, I guess the positives are that I don't know Casemiro scored <laughs> and uh, Diego Dallo played very well again I think he's won a lot of people over this season including myself as I was thinking that maybe, you know, upcoming someone to buy me right back, but he has submitted that spot and he has played excellently and he is showing consistency, consistency to his game and he's showing the promise which he first showed when he first came to the club. So, yeah, it just shows how toothless we are without hoiling up front and how just, you know, how just, it's just a mess, it was a mess of a game and it's just a perfect micro, a perfect example of what's gone wrong this season. But yeah, at least we made it and we've gone through and we got Liverpool, so yeah, as long as it's not seven, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's almost like when the, when the draw came out before the game uh, that we were going to get pretty that Liverpool were playing Southampton, so it was pretty much a a shoe in that we were going to get Liverpool if we had if we won. Um, you know, you, you obviously want to celebrate moving on to the next round, but then seeing Liverpool, um, at least it's at home. But okay. yeah, it's it's definitely not going to be easy. They'll probably have a few of their their guys back as well. But I think Dallo. In terms of the standout performances, Dallo and um, Amrabat were probably the two best players on the day. I didn't think Anthony was bad based on his standards either. Um, but I think Dallo, um, Dallo, I think this whole season has obviously had a, a tough game last game, but so did the whole team. But Dallo this season is, uh, I think you put it really well, I'll be winning a lot of people over. I think the biggest thing with him is like consistency. Um and just being able to be mentally locked in. We know his his footballing ability is top, but just his, are you going to be able to perform at a consistent level and be able to be mentally focused for 90 minutes? And this season, I think he's shown that. And I think he's also shown, um, you know, an ability to get 
better at the things that he lacks. You know, we always talk about his final third um, being his the biggest kind of hole in his game right now. And but over the past couple of games, we've seen that improve. There's a report that came out. I think that he's been you know staying after training and practicing um, those sort of things. He knows that it's a it's a weak point in his game, and he's and he's trying to get better at it. So I really appreciate that. And yeah, I think he's just he's putting together a really good season. I think he's definitely been our, our player of the season so far, but um, Amrabat came into, into the team, um, had a tough opening spell um, playing at left back. And then he kind of settled into the game a little bit, started inverting into midfield at the, in the latter parts of the, the first half. And then, pretty much uh came into to midfield permanently throughout the second half where I thought he he shined a lot. I think he was 98% pass accuracy, 7 for 7 long balls. Um I think he won uh 90 something percent of his tackle or his duels. Um what did you guys think of of uh Amrabat's performance? My uh my thoughts on the Amrabat was that I believe he played first 20 minutes he was getting cooked. Barbecue chicken. Origi had him on toasted. Honestly, God, I thought, oh no, is this going to be a typical? We're playing the CDM at left back. He's going to get rinsed on Twitter. But it's literally, he's literally playing out of position. But then, second half, we're very into midfield. And it just shows how much of a big difference it makes just having someone who can just circulate the ball. You can literally just keep the ball, not treat it like a bomb, and just play it around, show it to the left, show it to the right. And in possession, he's really good. It's just out of possession, he runs like, he runs like he's running in mud. He's, he's, it's like he's in quicksand it's like he slows down every time he takes more than two steps it's like oh out of possession but then again in this Ten Hag system as you know Carragher showed on the Monday Night Football like there's no hope for any of these midfielders out of possession because of how much space they have to cover it's literally like a suicide job so I kind of do feel sorry for him in that, out, in that sense and I do feel that Ten Hag has to play Amrabat and Mani together in midfield because that's a midfield which actually, you know, shows the ball and actually, you know, helps the ball circulation, actually helps us keep possession. Whereas if you have Casemiro and Bruno in the same midfield, it's kind of like as soon as they get an opportunity to, to whack that ball 60 yards, they're punting it every time. We need someone to actually take care of it. So I don't understand why Ten Hag hasn't, you know, played him more often this season. But yeah, that was my thoughts. And he did well and hopefully goes, hopefully he actually gets a run in the team. I don't think he'd be given a fair shot. Like against Chelsea, he played really well, and like since then we just haven't seen him. Yeah, no, I do think he was quite good, especially in the second half. But in the first half, obviously, people people look at Amrabat and they saw the World Cup clip of him chasing back Mbappe, and they thought we were getting some some destroyer. <laughs> but he's 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 not that he's not that type of player. We we did get him for obviously dominating the ball a bit more and circulating it. We we just didn't get him to be a wall like Casemiro. So, yeah, I think that's a misconception that people think Amrabat's meant to be really good off the ball. He's not. It's one of his weak points. But, yeah, we saw how good he is in possession. And I think, obviously, when you talk about our gaps in midfield, it's structure as well. But I think if we had two aggressive centre-backs that we could rely on every game week them gaps would show a little less and maybe if we had a ball carrier in midfield as well but that's all a bit too late now it's not a transfer window anymore so yeah I, th- I thought he was quite good and Casemiro you know sometimes maybe good sometimes maybe you know but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
he's his his ability to to score set pieces though is like crucial set pieces actually crazy like he's just always there even the amount of like offside goals that he scored on set pieces like (laughs) he's just always there i don't under i I mean you gotta give it up to him but if i think it just kind of goes to show if we're um the most redeeming quality of our of our six is you know, his ability to score set pieces, there might be something wrong. That's not, that's not his job, man. It's not his job. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, it is what it is. It wasn't the, the most exciting game by, by, any, by any standards. I want to talk about uh, Rashford in the nine as well. I just, I just hate watching him yeah, play man. there. I don't know about, I don't know about you guys, but like, yeah. it's just so frustrating to, to, to watch. It's just not, he's just never going to be, it's just especially in this style of play, like we're trying to make him a target man. Like he was dropping, he was running, he was literally running a Harry Kane gimmick in the first half, like dropping into, <laughs> into the 10 spaces to just get on the ball because he just, he's never going to get the ball. And he's just, I just, he's a left winger, play him on the left wing. He's our most, our best player on the pitch is being moved out of position week in and week out. Like just play him in his best position. I don't yeah. understand. I, I thought, I thought his work rate was better, but he has been good for a few weeks now since that time he got dropped. So his work rate's better, but I don't think he handles contact well, and I don't think, you know, his hold-up play is the best. So, which is why, and obviously, as a target man, it just doesn't work with him in strike. So I don't think it will ever work there, but, you know, what choice have we got? (laughs) What can we do right now? It's just annoying that Martial's just sort of disappeared, so... And I just, I don't know. Yeah, I that, just... that on left wing is much better. So is Garnacho on the right wing, because I thought Garnacho, he goes to the left wing and he just doesn't pass. He had so many opportunities in that first <laughs> half to sort of square it. He had a few to square to Rashford, a few to just recycle it. But no, he's he's too much head down on the left wing. I, I just prefer him on the right. Well, his yeah. export is broken, man. His export is broken. His game's worse than Yeah, I think Rashford, when he was first coming through the the squad when he was 18 years old, he plays a striker underneath Van Hal. I think that was the time to, to mould him into a striker. That was like the perfect time. But then he went, Jose came in, gave him graveyard shifts on the right-hand side, on the left-hand side. I swear I've seen him defending left-back sometimes. Like, he was unreal. And then when Oli came in, he was playing left-wing only uh, and if you compare him to like other players in a similar mode like Kyoming Sun Sun has always had like the brain of a striker but he's played on the wing he's able to make that transition up front easier because he's in a much more well, better attacking system underneath Ange and plus he, when he drops deep he knows to like not to you know hold onto the ball for too long you know one two passes and he's running in behind Rashford doesn't have that and I believe since the amount of injuries Rashford's had in his career the amount of you know surgeries he's had, he's not able to ride contact as much as we saw like when he was through. Well, not through when when uh, Dallo played him through against Forest, he's running behind, and then I think it was Felipe and Mario. Felicia just sandwiched him, and he's on the floor for about five minutes afterwards. I don't think he has the physical ability to play up front, so I just I don't understand it. I, I get it, we have no other options, but then that's another indictment on the the club's transfer strategy in the summer. Yeah, yeah, I do think it's to do with he's obviously a strong player. He's quite strong. He deals with fullbacks well, but when he plays centrally and he's he has to hold up the ball or sort of shield it, he's he's not the best. And obviously, yeah, he got sandwiched in between two, them two. And yeah, awareness, like you said, sometimes he had. It's not like the best of box movement, but then 
our players aren't the best at spotting runs as well. <laughs> Apart from Bruno, they don't really pick out players that well. And obviously Garnacho with his head down the left wing. It doesn't help, but yeah, what do you think, Chess? Yeah, it's uh, Rashford up front. It's weird because last season, I actually kind of saw him developing there a lot more. Like, he was scoring a lot more headers. Some of the goals he was scoring, he was getting in good positions, though. Like, he was literally just tapping him home. Um, but I think, yeah. yeah, the problem has always been just, like, his, uh, his, back, like, his play with his back to goal has never been great. In tight spaces, he's never been the best. Um, and just in general, like, I feel like even if you want to use him as, like, a, almost like a backboard, let's say you just play it into him one time, you know, I don't think his first touch is really, you know, that great with his back to goal. You know, just little things like that, laying it off one, type, one touch, two touch, things like that. Um, with both feet as well. I just don't think he's never had it, you know, especially if he's, if he's having to play central. I just don't think he's ever really had it to the highest level. Um, and that's kind of why, you know, when he does play up front, it, it just just never really happens for him unless, you know, we're playing well. And it's kind of like a thing where, you know, we're getting the best out of him. But I mean, right now we're not. Yeah, I think you can say when, when he was 18, his development sort of, it, it, it took a turn because he was forced in at 18 into the team to play centre-forward. And then after that, he's moved around. He didn't get a time to sort of develop his attributes needed to play centre-forward. So I don't think you can do it this late in the career as well. So for him, it's going to be left-wing now. It, yeah. The time to develop was probably from 18 to 22, where he, if he played consistently up front, obviously when yeah, he came yeah. in the team, we saw them attributes like really good in the middle. But... Since then, it's been here and there, and in bad teams, you know, injuries after that. It's it's sort of not like linear development. It's been stagnated and moved around. So yeah, I think that's the reason why we will never see him play up front consistently. He's much better on the left wing. Yeah, I think it suits his the way he strikes the ball as well. I don't think he can really play up front. Um, consistently I think it was a while back Tiara and Rui were saying it like there was a chance that he had and I think he just knuckleballed it when you know you would prefer him to be you know putting his wrapping his foot around it or just you know placing it bottom corner like certain situations like that and I think that's another reason why um, you know I don't think the centre forward roles you know especially like you said this late in his career as well um, I mean right at this point right now he should be just you know sticking to one position and just kind of playing his best football there. And I think, you know, right now that's like a, a, a left wing. And when he's confident, I mean, we've seen it even recently, I think he's been playing well, even if he hasn't been scoring too many goals. I mean, when we had that front three with um, Hoyland and Ganacho, you know, short-lived, but I mean, it was good. You know, he was playing well, Ganacho was playing well, Hoyland was cooking. So even though he wasn't scoring goals, I think his overall game was a lot better compared to what we had seen, you know, a few months before that. So, um, yeah, man. It's, it's it's annoying one, but I think we don't really have much much choice. So yeah, it's just you know wait until the end of the season to ride it out, man. Yeah, it's tough. Um, just kind of gotta roll with the the cards we were dealt. Um, but again, we move on. We we get to the next round, and we I guess we'll deal with the Liverpool game when we get there. But um, some other uh, news happened yesterday. You know. You know, you know, sometimes we look to David Ornstein bombas. We look to Richard <laughs> Romano bombas. But <laughs> I say David Ornstein hype. Hassan bomba is where it's at. Late night. 
I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll just leave. I'll leave it there. Let's. I'll just turn it over to the man, the myth, the legend. Talk. Talk about the. Your, uh, <laughs> talk about your. Talk about your. Uh, the news that you dropped last night. Yeah. Um, so the person who told me, obviously, I can't. I can't reveal anything like that. He got it a few hours before I posted. I posted it. So yeah, it was. It was late, and then debated what to post about it, what to reveal, and what not to reveal. There's some stuff in there that I've not said about. You know the compensation package, the fee, etc. <laughs> There's some stuff I can't, I can't reveal yet, but I'm just gonna wait because that news. Is let let the people know what you're talking about if they haven't seen the tweet, though. Uh, yeah, it, it was a tweet. Is people have probably seen it by now, anyway. <laughs> oh, everyone's seen it, right? <laughs> yeah, the whole yeah, world has seen it. It's, it's gone around, so we're gonna wait for it to filter down. But I think it was a little early to drop. It's still. <laughs> Genos aren't getting verified to post anything about it, and you know, we'll just wait. But yeah, it, it seems good. The Wilcox <laughs> in as well. And it's Ineos are moving quick, and yeah, Mops revealed yesterday as well on his uh, Patreon regarding Ineos want to make a decision by the end of March regarding Ten Hag. So yeah, that, that's going to be one to keep an eye on as well. So it looks like they're moving quick, getting ready for the for next season because this season's already over. If Hassan says any more, Ineos, Ineos uh, limousine's gonna pull up at <laughs> his house right now. Wire tapping harder now. It's gonna, it's gonna be like clutch, got got his phone. <laughs> be like clutch with LeBron and everyone. They're gonna pull up at his house and be like, "Listen, it's too early. It's too early. You know too much." But. Nah, it, it's. I'm happy that Ineos seen. Well, they are. They are serious. You know that they took. You know we snatched City's chain with Barada, snatching Newcastle. You know showing them who the real United are. You know what? I'm happy it's happening. I'm happy it's happening to Newcastle. I'm actually happy. <laughs> I, I, I'll be. I'll be real. Man. Any Jordan wants to come for me, come for me. They be getting too big for their boots. Honestly, God, with that picture they post after every game. With a whole documentary coming out before the final, and what happened? We lost the final. You won a random game, and we still got Champions League. So you know what? They deserve it. They deserve it. Code, <laughs> code. No, I think right, Hassan. Have you heard anything about the like the gardening leave? Right, that's been a huge thing about um, the Ashworth deal. Like a rumor to be, you know, twenty twenty six. Is is the fact that Ashworth? Starts in the summer. Is that like a main component of the negotiations? Is that like a, um, I guess an end all be all for Manchester United? Like he he must start this summer. Yeah. So Mops has said that they intend to make him start in the summer. So regarding the compensation, obviously, what they said about what did they say before? Twenty months. Is that what Newcastle said? That they wanted for his contract? Yeah, is I think twenty twenty six or something, like the start of twenty twenty six. So Something like that. From the back of that, it's just uh, obviously I work in law, so but more than 20, 12 months is just very hard to enforce anyway, like straight off the back. But I think the compensation they'll have they've negotiated something lower, of course, than what they were saying 15, 20, and the term as well probably negotiated with that so yeah it's if they have negotiated something low they would have negotiated a lower term 
So yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I hope. Uh, I mean, Hassan's sources are are always right. <laughs> Even if he's earlier, you don't you don't need to you don't need to question it. You know, just just. Just accept it, you know. In the NBA, we have Woj and Chams. Yeah, NBA, exactly. We have Ornstein, Romano. I have Hassan. I trust Hassan sources. My God, man. Bro, I trust him more than anyone, bro. When it comes to United, I, well, this guy's number one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in terms of like, because I think a lot of people have been confused in terms of the role that Ashworth and Wilcox will kind of be playing um, in terms of like the sporting director. And then like exactly, I guess Wilcox would be more in terms of the Academy in terms of his, ex- <clears throat> excuse me, his experience with city and stuff. You want to shed any light on that as well? Well, I'm hearing different stuff from different people. So some are saying uh, Wilcox will take, will have a role in recruitment the, to do with the first team. And some are saying technical director. Obviously, I think Ornstein's already said that. So I think it it, it depends on the way Ineos want to set up. Do they want to split roles between one person? Do they want one person focused on one role? It's sort of not fully clear yet what they're specifically going to do because I think they're, they're working out how to set up the structure because... You don't want too many chefs at the kitchen doing one job and then you don't want people who have experience in certain factors not getting to do what they're good in because they're focused on one bit. So it, it depends how any of us do want to set up. That's what I think we'll see in you know the coming weeks and months. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Hopefully uh, things get resolved quickly. And obviously there's a manager situation as well that they will have to make a a decision about. But while all of that is going on, uh, the games don't stop. And we have uh, one that I think a lot of fans will probably be dreading on Sunday, um, the Manchester Derby. At the Etihad, um, City coming off of a Holland five-goal performance, Kevin De Bruyne four-assist performance, um, you know, seemed to just be catching their stride just in time, right? It's always just in time to play us. They've been looking a little meaty, and then right before they play (laughs) us, everyone just figures it out, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we were talking before, before we started, about how City never really, like, besides that one game at the beginning of last season, they never like batter us really. It's just like this really embarrassing, like two, possibly three nail. That's just like, they never get out of second gear. Are you guys optimistic at all? Um, I guess maybe start with Shez. Um, are you guys optimistic? Are you optimistic at all about this game or is it just kind of accepting your fate? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, yeah, nah, I'm, I'm not confident at all, bro. Um, I just think, you know, ever since Hoyland's got injured really, um, and obviously Shaw as well, Ever since I heard that news, and I knew that we were, we were coming up to face City as well, I've kind of been dread, dreading this game because, you know, I mean, we, even with our strongest team, you know, even if we had, you know, Hoyland, we had Ganacho right wing, right wing, left wing, we had Shaw playing left back. Cool, we've been in good form and things like that. But <clears throat> even then, some of our wins, they weren't even that convincing. Obviously, we were getting the results, we were putting in work. But even then, they were never that convincing. And now without Hoyland, now without Shaw, and... I mean, it's just looking like it's, it's all looking like a mess. Um, so I'm not looking forward to it. 
but it's just one of them one away from home as well, which is again it's it's gonna be scary, man. I can't lie. Um I think we'll just see another similar performance where, you know, City are just gonna have a lot of the ball, they're gonna dump they're just gonna take the mick. And it's just one of them as well, we're just gonna sit and hope and pray. We might get one or two chances here and there, half chances, McTominay with a shot, um, I don't know. Dallow with a shot from 40 yards out because he just shoots from anywhere. Like, so I don't know. Like, that's probably what so that's all we have. That's that's all we're going to have. I think it's just going to be scrapped. We're not going to have any sort of you know patterns of play, things like that. It's just going to be sit back, defend. Um, and somehow, even if we're sitting back in the defend, we're going to leave massive spaces in midfield because that's what we do. So, yeah, it's just not, it's just not going to be good, man. <laughs> They're going oh, operating in all that space. Oh, God. I can just imagine Casemiro oh, and, and Manu like oh. pressing high, one ball and behind to Kevin De Bruyne and 30 yards of space. All Holland, is, Holland running off the, is, of Lindelof. Lindelof. off the shoulder of Lindelof. Yeah, exactly. Bro, all I'm saying oh, is... It's over. It, bro, all I'm saying is, you saw what Iwobi and Pereira did against us. You're going <laughs> to give KDB... Bernardo Silva, that same space, and Phil Foden. It might be, it might be double digits, you know. It might be bigger than seven. <laughs> Honest to God, but you know what's, you know what's annoying about City about Pep, yeah, is that whenever they versus, they don't really go for the jugular. After they go speed it up, they take the big. They just passes here, they, they chill, hundred passes. Whoa! It reminds me of that expression that uh, Don Robbie what uh, we got bigger fish to fry. They're thinking about they're thinking about Liverpool, Arsenal. They're thinking about Champions League. You know, it's just like yeah, yeah, whatever. Them little man over there, boy. It's so, it's like it's like year seven versus year elevens. Year seven, <laughs> running around, running around, running around, running around. Year elevens, just chip it over the little five foot two heads, and they should score about ten. Like honest to God, listen, I'm listen. I'm I might even chip a Captain Harlan this week on my fantasy. I'm a United fan, but you know what? It's, it's got to be done, man. Like he always scores against us. Foden has been. Foden has had a lot of, you know, criticism before in the past, which I do believe some of it was, you know, was corrected. He did deserve it as he was has been in the City team, but this season he's been unreal. But now they got KDB and his first game back, full 90 minutes, he gets four assists. Was it four assists or five? It was four assists, wasn't it? Four assists. Four assists, yeah. Four assists against a Luton team, which, which, which gave us the work. Like, the levels are just staggering and, I don't know, like, that and that... And that bold manager is just so bold. I just don't know what he's going to do. I just, I don't know. I just don't know what he's going to do. Like, I remember last season when, I think he beat them 2-1 at home and Russia scored a winner. I was there at that game and we saw how Luke Shaw did really well against Haaland. We negated the space really well and we hit him on the counter. I think we had one down as well in that game when he came back. Everyone, yeah, who, yeah we did in it. I remember it was Grealish scoring, but everyone who played, like Shaw's out, Rashford's going to be playing up front, which is going to be horrible. We're going to have Anthony on the right wing because he doesn't just amad out of possession, which in a big game, I understand. But are we going to have a 50-yard gap in the middle of the pitch? Honestly, oh, honest, I'm not looking forward to it. It's, I reckon it's going to be like 4-5-0 or something like that. We might just sneak in a consolation goal in the 92nd minute due to McTominay and Maguire winning ahead. Generally, that's how I see it. Anthony's going at banger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Oh yes, it was actually one of the best pens I've ever ever seen. Oh, the banging pen, you know. Whoa, like this is the levels, but we're we're going on about a pen in a six-three loss. <laughs> <laughs> a six-three loss. This is the levels, bro. 
in your save save this club. Nah, it's it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be brutal. To be honest, I think it's gonna be. Uh, because if we if we had Hoyland, right? If we had that front three, that's been like our one thing that we've actually had. Like we can go, we can go machine for machine, right? With, with anyone in the uh, with anyone in the league, right? No matter how many gaps we leave, like you leave us a gap, we can take advantage of it. But with Rashford through the oh. middle and Anthony and Garnacho, it's just so much. It's like so much less. Yeah. I'm so much less confident, right? And so CK, it's just like how do we even go ahead. CK, have you seen the um, Anthony Edwards interview? He goes, they got Kevin Durant. Yeah, we, we got Daniels. Got Daniels. <laughs> they got Bernardo Silva. We got Anthony. Bro, what? <laughs> what? We got a pistol. They got a bazooka. Oh, uh, no, nah, man. I don't want to watch this game anymore now. But more I talk about it, I just don't want to watch it. Uh, but I'm a Massachusetts, but I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> nah. The farm does go out of the window when Derby's come along. It's, it's a thing, cliche. But... Yeah, yeah. Classic line. Transition goal or something. To be oh. honest, well, do you remember our setup against Brighton when we set up in that diamond? Yeah. Yeah. Due to our obviously not so fast backline. And not so agile midfield. We should play four in the middle. I think. I think we should set up for four four two, but obviously we haven't got Hoyland available. So yeah, force forcing and uh and Rashford through the middle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Force got a crazy assist against Wolves, man. Force got a crazy hey. assist. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, but you see, did you? <laughs> Bruno, <laughs> oh my! Did you see the way um Chelsea uh set up against City? With, in which they were, I think it was through, was it on C's left-hand side, I believe, in which they played a lot of short passes, attracted the press, and then played it in behind. Yeah, yeah. Towards Nicholas yeah, yeah. Sterling. Like, we can't like, do that. Like, I'll play the Short, short passes. Short, accurate passes. Don't joke with that one. <laughs> well, like, first, oh, first short, accurate oh, pass Casemiro gets, he's putting his head oh, down and hoofing it. Let me land, let me land. I'm flying right now, let me land. Like, I know Pochettino historically has done well against Pep. He always turns the games into a basketball game. And I think that's our only hope, like, in which that we've got to hope, like, Ten Hag has to see that Chelsea have had the best success against City in the last, like, 20 odd games. And arguably, they should have won that game. I think the XG was higher. Sterling, Mr. Sitter, Nicholas Jackson, Nicholas Jackson, Mr. Sitter. He's got to understand that if he plays, like, get the ball, poof it over, it's not going to work anymore because they got Walker, they got three other centre backs, they got three of the centre-backs feel fairly quick. It's just not going to work. I mean, we ain't got no PMP up front. We ain't got Hoyden up front. So he's going to have to, like, change it up. But like you said, bro, like a five-yard pass my players. Nah, bro. Never happening. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like he's just going to start the same lineup, to be honest. And just hope and pray. I, I, and I, I just like, I don't see how we... I just genuinely don't see how we get anything out of this. Like, usually I can just, like, oh, what if... This or what if that? Like, this one, it's just like, it's just peak. Yeah, fully. Well, bro, this whole season, like, it's, it's either City, Arsenal, or Liverpool are going to win the title. It's like saying, which one of them would you want to steal your girlfriend? What? <laughs> no, bro. Why is them three for the title? Why? We do, but we do have an opportunity to to really ruin uh, yeah, Liverpool yeah, season that... in the cup, though. Yeah. That's that's one opportunity that we 
that we have to take advantage of. Just have, have we spoken about the Rashford interview yet a little bit? No, no, yeah, oh. let's get into that too. Um, today, this morning, right before we dropped the pod, um, or right before we started recording, Marcus Rashford has uh, dropped a piece with the Players Tribune, um, called "Who Am I Really?" I believe. Um, both a, a written piece and a video piece, kind of an interview addressing uh, certain critics. We all know who he's probably talking about. No names, no names, no names, no names. But yeah, addressing his his uh, them calling him out about his commitment to the club. You know, mentioning his family and whatnot, and he felt like. You know, certain lines were crossed and he had to draw the line in the sand and come out and speak up for himself. Um, I'll try to pull up a few a few of the quotes while um, you guys are talking about it. But something that stood out to me a lot was, um, you know, obviously the last line, if you back me good, if you doubt me even better, like that's just cold to, cold, to end it off. Yeah, I think this is the point of his career where, you know, he has to sort of take, you know, the mantle, he has to take control. Yeah, and yeah. he has to not stay in the shadows anymore. He needs to speak up, mm-hmm. especially considering, you know, the Sun and Daily Mail they're releasing articles about his family, you know, about the stuff in Belfast that he's an alcoholic, he's this, he's that, and they said something regarding. There was one of the articles was saying he's bought his family houses and, you know, he doesn't talk to his brother more, and you know, there's tension between the family, like. Of course, criticism is valid. Rashford in duels and sometimes his body language, those are like on the foot on the football pitch, that can be criticized. No one is doubting that, yeah. But when you go into stuff like, you know, personal family life and mm. it's just way too far <clears throat> and he's obviously saying in that interview that it whatever people write about him, it has an effect on, you know, people that come to the games. So yeah, there's a lot of time where he gets booed. Well, the few times, you know, the fans just, they're not really backing him and I feel like he's an academy player. He should be, he should he deserves to sort of be backed and especially after, you know, the stuff that he's been through the last few years, months, whatever. Yeah. Uh, some, some say uh, Rashford was writing that article in direct response to Shez's tweets, by the way. That's just... <laughs> That's just what I've just heard. I don't know. I just want to. These are my tweets, there. Do you know what it is? Yeah? Just fight back, bro. Nah, you know what it's my ones. They were all actually just criticism on the pitch, innit? But what we've been seeing recently has just been a crazy attack on him, like as a person, innit? Which I think is just way too far. And I feel we've seen it before with English mm-hmm. media. We did it with like Raheem Sterling, for example. Yeah, Sterling's you know, a proper, proper. Example. Like the way they are, oh, bro. Over the years, man, the way they've kind of made him out to be like it's, some crazy it's villain. Racism. We can say, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm saying, um, if he had Archie Gray complexion, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, bro. No, well, Archie Gray. No. <laughs> no, I think with this is the parallel in which we can compare with different sports, like in the NBA, for example. We see players out partying, we see players at you know, we see James Harden, in, like. CK Wade or James Harden in the Sip Club or whatever. J.R. Smith with a Henny bar. Like, like it's like, it's accepted. It's like, players are going to have a life outside of the game because that's a normal thing. Like, it's a job and you have a life outside your job. It's normal. Everyone does it. 
However, when it comes to football in this country, we always complain that footballers are robots, footballers are this, footballers are that. However, any news about footballers doing anything which is not about football, they get hated on immediately. Like, I think the yeah. first instances I saw about it was with Pogba. He would get a haircut and he'd be like, oh, why, why are you getting a haircut? Bro, he's getting a haircut. A haircut, okay. haircut takes like, what, an hour? Like, a good fade takes about, what, 45 minutes? CK knows, like, it takes time. Like, it takes time, like, but, like, it's just a haircut. How does that, having a haircut outside of training, in your own personal time, affect your performance on the pitch? It doesn't make sense to me. Like, we see players in the 90s and 80s criticising the players of today saying, or criticising Rashford, whereas the players in the 80s and 90s, they were alcoholics. They've, yeah. they've known alcoholics. They were gambling. They were professional. Yeah. That's why most of them were watched by 30, 31, 32. They were, they were not professional. They spent their time drinking. They were doing this, they were doing that. So, like, when Rashford had, like, his little bender in Belfast, I was watching the overlap, and Roy Keane was backing him. Roy Keane was like, he's on a 12-hour bender. That's nothing compared to what we were doing. Like, it's minor. Yeah, like, yeah, like, it's kind of nice yeah. to see an ex-pro, like, just showing love and be like, listen, he went out on a piss up with his friends. Whatever. It's stop making a big deal out of it. It's nothing. We were doing the same thing. And then you yeah, have these holier-than-thou yeah. footballers yeah, and... Fans saying, "Oh no, why is he doing this? Why is he doing that?" You can't train his football. Like, what do you expect players to do? They come in the morning, they train, they recover, and they go home. Whatever they do after training and going home is no one else's business. No one else's business. They can do whatever they, as long as it's legal, as long as it's ethically right, as long as it's morally right, they could do whatever the hell they want to do. So if he wants to go to a D block concert and talk to young guys after after a concert. And concerts in England, I don't know how they are in America, but they end around that's like you, nine. That's where you draw the line, D block Europe. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, true. I can't lie. DB in 2024, that's poor for him. That's poor for him. Yeah, it's bad. I could have backed it. But, like, yeah, you know, you know what I think it is? I think, I think this is political. It's sort of a political attack. You know what he did in the pandemic? It's sort of, you yeah. know, people with heavy pockets are lined up waiting for one Wait. thing and they're just going straight. Getting straight into, you know, obviously Touch. where it comes from as well, Daily Mail and the Sun, you couldn't get a more right-wing papers mm. talking about him. So, yeah, I think it does come from there as well. I think some people really do despise him because of what he did in the pandemic. It was the same is... thing I've seen with Sterling. Like, Sterling, there's the, there's the article about Sterling buying his mama house and Foden buying his mama's house. And the article about Foden was talking about it in a glowing, great way, like, oh, young Manchester youth buys his mama house. Well, with Sterling, they were, they were talking about, oh, he's wasting his money. He bought his mom a house. He bought, like, crazy, he's, it's crazy. Like, even when Sterling got a gun tattoo on his um, oh, his I remember calf, that. Yeah, he got a gun tattoo because his father died from gun violence, yeah. and he was like, I'm only gonna use my right foot to shoot. I would never, you know, use a gun in real life. And this is like a commemoration. Then we had like all the morning, um, uh, all the morning programs in England were talking about. It. They go, oh my god, he got a gun tattoo. This and that, he's commemorating his father, but what's he doing? I'm like, what's, what is like the discourse in this country when it comes to like ethnic minorities who play sports is just so crazy and so wild and so out there. Like, it makes no sense. It's just, it's just wild, this country, and how it still treats footballers like this. It's honestly wild to me. Well, what do you think, Chef? Yeah, no, we, we all know why it is, and like, we've, we've, we've literally just been talking about it, so. Yeah, and just in Rashford's situation itself, I think um, just going back to on the pitch, like Hassan was saying, you know, certain things like his his work rate, his effort, things like that, they've been criticised um, across this entire season. And obviously, when you're not scoring goals, when you're you know low on confidence and things like that, um, 
I mean, naturally, football fans are just gonna get onto you, and that's just how it is. You know, people have short memory, um, and I think obviously last season he had a good season. This season, you know, he hasn't been scoring as much. But I think the main thing has been just the fact that you know certain times he hasn't been putting in effort, and then his overall body language, you know, throws throwing his arms up and things like that. You know that that's obviously just not acceptable at all. But um, again, it's just when it comes to things off the pitch, and I think that's where it's just kind of got so out of hand, especially recently. Um, like, I just hate how much coverage it gets, like how much coverage that he got like initially in the first place and how that... It's one of them ones now that is, they, they pushed it out to the point where no one's going to forget it and it's gonna always going to be in the back of fans' mind almost, especially if it's playing poorly and things like that. It's like a... It's just adding more fire to the fuel. Like, let's say he was playing poorly, fans were getting onto him for his performance on the pitch, whatnot. Fair enough, that's, you know, you can leave it at that. And if he's going to get criticised for that, I don't even think he would have came out and spoke on it because I'm sure he himself knows that, you know, he hasn't been at the level. You know, um, you know, especially early in the season, obviously, recently he's improved. But, you know, I think he himself would have admitted as well because, I mean, these footballers, they have standards. But I think it's... Um, you know, once you start attacking personally, like, and just the amount of coverage that it's got as well, you know, for him, especially in his position, he's probably thinking everyone's against him. And for fans, especially as well, fans who might not really know too much or might not really look too much into it, they're just going to see the headlines. They're going to see what's going around. They're going to see, you know, clips and snippets and stuff that are going viral. And then they're just going to use that and base their opinions off that, which is just completely wrong. But again, it's, it's something we see everywhere in the world in it and I can apply it to so many different things obviously I'm not going to bring I'm not going to bring it all up but you can apply it to so many things in the world the way that kind of media can control you know the way people think and um, yeah and I think we're just seeing that with Russia now and I hope that you know this kind of interview I mean again he's still he's getting backlash as well from just for, for posting this as well but it's sad that it's got to this point but I'm happy that he spoke up at the same time because hopefully it'll kind of you know, it's almost for him, like, he's got it off his chest now, now he can focus on football, he said his bit, now he can focus on football, whatever anyone else says, calm, he's got that thing there now, he's put it out, you know, if if you want to ever, if you want, if anyone wants to get onto him, you know, he's got that thing there for him, so, um, so yeah, I'm happy that he's kind of spoke out on it, and hopefully, you know, it'll be good actually if, if on, against City, he'll, imagine he bags the winner or something, that'll be, you know, really nice, because, you know, especially after posting that, um, he can kind of, getting everyone's good books again almost in a way if especially if we can win at their ground things like that but hey I mean even without it I mean I think the criticism just been way too much and yeah hopefully I mean hopefully it changes in, in like in general like because obviously it's not just him you know we're, we're probably going to see it in future as well with any other players especially from ethnic minorities and stuff like that so yeah I think it's, it's another example that we've seen in the British media especially and I don't think it's something that's just going to stop really sad no yeah I think that <clears throat> sums it up really well I think in his uh, like in his piece he says I, I can take any criticism I can take any headline from podcasts social media and the papers I can take it but if you start questioning my commitment to this club my love for football and bringing my family into it then I'd simply ask you to have a bit more humanity so I think that really kind of sums up his reasoning for for coming out and saying something in the first place like just I, I can only imagine what it's like to go through what he went through and then have people question your commitment to your club when you go through the academy and everything so I'm happy that he spoke out and and didn't let you know certain outlets silence him um 
But I think we'll we'll wrap it there unless anyone has any sort of final thoughts, anything they want to get off their chest before this weekend. Yeah, uh, just good luck. Oh, uh, make sure you've got a plan to what to do after the game because you don't want to get <laughs> <laughs> every loss is just like make bro, sure, I brush make it, sure, I brush it, bro. Make sure you plan something after the game because <laughs> you don't want to be sitting there just contemplating the bro, game. Bro, <laughs> contemplating life. Bro, yeah, yeah, is, analysis, Super Sunday analysis. Yeah. Bro, bro, it's yeah. on a Sunday as well. So if it's on a Saturday, you know what? I can enjoy my Sunday. Forget about it. It's on a Sunday. It's going to be dark. It's going to be yeah, busy. Monday, I got Monday, morning. I got work at nine. You got like, work. You got work. Oh, I got work. Like, it's just not worth it. Like, oh, bro, man. I hate this sport sometimes. What are you saying? Predictions, lads. <laughs> Predictions. What are you saying? Oh, four nil city, bro. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go three nil. Three nil city. Three nil. We get one. Four one. I think we get one. Shes, Shes, what are you I, saying? I don't, see, I don't see how we score, but I'm saying, I'm saying three, and I'm gonna go with like what CK said as well. I just think this is gonna be one of them ones where they could score five, six, seven, but they're just gonna pass it around and just walk around with the ball, really. But yeah. <laughs> Unless he sets up the meanest block in human history. Meanest, <laughs> deepest. Sean Dyche, Burnley 2017 block. Simeone 2018 block. It's not happening, man. What's up, Lisa? Peace. 90th minute. Literally, bro. Add a bang. I'd scream. Sean Dyche football, man. It'll be cold. CK would be getting tweeted out. Get him out the paint. Get him in the paint. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! If he score, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't care about my agenda, man. Just score. If he scores a winner, well, I'll be celebrating like like it's against the last goal I'll ever celebrate. I promise you that. Um. All right. Well. Good luck to everyone this weekend. Um. Yeah. As Hassan said, make sure you have something scheduled, whether it's an activity or just therapy after Sunday. <laughs> um, just just to make sure you you have an opportunity to vent. Because God knows we'll need it. <laughs> but until the next time, probably be back after the city game, um, so we can have our own therapy sessions. But um, until then, we'll uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Big up to Abu as well for for joining. Big big yeah, debut. Well, shout out shout out your that's shout out your uh, your Twitter and and what else you got mm. going. Uh, Twitter's AbuYTJ. TikTok is. I'll be asking 234, my whole government. I feel like I should change that. Um, <laughs> my Instagram is the same. Abu.yasin99. Yo, Tom, give that too much information. I'm a, <laughs> you want to give your social? You want to give your social as well? Yeah. My social is phone number, the two digits on my back of my bank card, my address. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Shout out, ST, for letting me on, man. You, man, come on, bro. We're going to take over the world. Nah, big up, bro. Big up, big up, big up. All right, y'all. Well, we're going to get out of here because we can talk all day, but we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. Take care, man. Peace.